Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Association of Common Sense Masculinity is proud to present the exciting, the thought-provoking Can-Am Soup, an entertaining, genuine, and often meandering conversation between two friends. And now, the stars of our show, Jeremy Gertz and Todd Fuss. Hey, Todd. How are you doing, buddy? Good, Jeremy. How about yourself? Oh, good, good. So, we had uh, we, we missed last week because you took a little trip. Yep, it was unexpected last minute and something that needed to get done. So, yeah, uh, yeah. It's a family stuff back in North Carolina. North Carolina. Right on. How far away is that? Like how long of a drive? It was, it's, if you look on like Google Maps or you do your Garmin, it's supposed to be a seven and a half hour drive. But because, you know, we, we cross over the time zone, so we lose uh, an hour going and we gain an hour coming back. And Yeah. It, 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 and then, you know, it doesn't take into account gas, food, you know, everything yeah, else. Yeah. It's about an eight-hour drive because um, I had almost taken 20 minutes off the trip by the time I stopped for gas the first time. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Just giving her. Huh? I didn't see not one cop all the way there. Oh, wow. And, and I was lucky enough that people were just moving out of the way most of the time yeah, and I'm yeah. doing 85 90 and I'm not <laughs> the only one I wasn't yeah. I was the though that was the norm I bet you 90 percent of the traffic was just cooking yeah and oh not on the way back huh so I got, I got a question for you uh would you self-describe yourself as a fast driver no, I am like what a lot of things in, that I do. Um, I drive how the situation dictates. Okay. If I'm in a hurry, yeah. If I'm just yeah, yeah. having fun, yeah. But never like, not anymore. I haven't done that since the 90s. But like drive fast, angry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. no. Um, yeah. You know, because I can just... If we're just going to town for a doctor's appointment and we leave on time, uh, <laughs> yeah. which for some people, you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, is a rarity. But you know, because I, to me, if you're not there early, you're late. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'm not sure. everybody thinks that. Yeah, some people think that if you're there five minutes late, you're early. No, that's not the way it works. Yeah, but uh, you know, so I can just drive the, you know, five over and be done. You know, good. You ever do the speed limit? Just the speed limit or under? Not around here. Okay. Oh, yes. Between here and town, I do because it's just beautiful to look at. Yeah, yeah. And it's crazy to drive a uh, switchback gravel road above the speed limit. Yeah, it's true. What's your gravel speed limit? We don't have one, but it's 25, basically. Okay. Okay. So that's lower. Than if you ours. look up the rules about unpaved, um, unmarked roads, it's 25. Yeah. Ours is 80, which is high. I think 80 is about 45 yeah. miles. Uh, it should be lower. It definitely should be lower. The people drive by, if they're doing 80, man, it's... And you're just slinging gravel, just tearing yeah. up your vehicle. That, and then dust, like, everywhere, and, oh, it's terrible. 
Well, now, people on my road, on my road, which is one, looks like a war zone, and two, and because of these people, it looks like a war zone. You know, the um, the workers that work the ladies' uh, farm down here, they drive by as 10 miles an hour faster than the fastest they can drive, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's a – everybody that works on her farm is uh, – Mexican or South American or Central American migrant worker, right? Yep. Really nice fe- fellows, um, very nice. Um, but there's one guy that drives a dark blue car, little beat up Toyota. Uh, he's a rally driver. He's got to be <laughs> the way he drives, and he does it wrapping around a tree. I'm like, dude, dude's got some skill. Yeah. I wish he wouldn't do that on my road because he's tearing it <laughs> yeah. up. But yeah. You know, I always thought if I could ever be a professional race racer of any type, even of motorcycles, and this was when I was big into crotch rockets, I would love to be a Raleigh racer. Those guys are, they look like they have fun, and man, that's intense. I uh, rode shotgun in a rally car in England. Really? I went out for like a one of those racer weekend things. Yeah, yeah. And I've always been good at driving, uh, very. And I I didn't know I was doing so well because uh, I didn't win every heat, but I was consistent. Yeah. Right? Um, and that's what they were looking at. And, you know, one of the drivers, he was a pro-am kind of uh, rally driver in England, and they – the track we were on had a rally track around the outside, right? Yeah. And the little town. And uh, he's like, oh, you want to take – I'm doing some practice laps. You want to ride? Yeah. Oh, my God. Crazy, your life huh? flashes before your eyes in a rally car, a real one. Wow. I bet. You know, like the European rally where they're missing trees by centimeters. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. I think the missing the public by centimeters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That'd oh, be cool. did you see uh, uh, last week or a couple of weeks ago? A uh, uh, rally car wiped out some people. No, I never saw that. Yeah, the, you know, but you're on the you're basically on the yeah. track and you're leaving. Yeah. Oh, look, where they're coming around the corner. Oh, wait. Oh, his bumper beheaded him. Oh, my God. I don't know how. Like, you know, in this world of of safety sallies and everybody's scared of the sniffles and all this stuff, I don't understand how. And, and these aren't just happening in, like, you know, third world countries, things are different, right? Or in the Middle East, things are different. Like, this is, this is happening in modern countries. <laughs> you know, people are like... Like European countries and stuff, and man, I don't know how they even get away with it, because I, like well, I know here, either pretty much put in the hospital forever in Finland every year. Yeah, you know here it's so so safe. Like I used to hang out at the race. We used to have a racetrack out here. Uh, oh shoot, what was it called? I forget. Doesn't matter. Um, and like I would like kind of involved in us, I was looking into volunteering for track days, like to help out. And you have to go through an entire safety training course. 
and very they're very particular about where you stand in a corner because they always have to have different people on different corners in case stuff happens. You know, you stand there and there's a fire extinguisher at your feet. And you basically sit there and watch the race all day long. You're there. But, like, there's zones that you can be in and you can't be in. And, like, I'm like, so we got, like, this ridiculous stuff. And, and nothing happens in those scenarios, right? Because it's a, it's a tarmac course. And, and you got these guys, these, they got their picnic tables and their chairs set up right beside a hairpin corner in a rally race. It's so funny, man. I'm like, how is that even allowed? Like, I don't, it's crazy. Yeah. I I remember like like thinking about that feeling being in a car like that. Uh, my uncle used to be, he he was like a nationally ranked snowmobile racer, really good. He did ice oval racing, and then he also did cross country. And I remember uh, they bought some property up near Red Deer, Alberta, and it had they had like forty acres, and it had all these um, cut lines through it, and it was like from the original homesteading days when they were clearing lumber and stuff. And so it was, it was fun. It's great for snowmobiling, all these tracks and stuff. And I went on with him once and he says, you grab around my waist and you never let go. Hold on as tight as you can. And my word, I, I couldn't even speak. I couldn't scream. I couldn't yell. Like I thought I was going to die the entire time. Like just, woo. and so I could just imagine what it would be like to be in a rally car too. Like, and then those rally car guys, they have a guy doing the directions and stuff too. That'd be the worst job because you're not in control. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's always yep. two guys racing. And that poor guy is like, <laughs> or, or what if you drop the book? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Where are we going next? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's intense stuff. You know, uh, do you ever watch motorcycle racing? MotoGP? Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, Valentino Rossi? Oh, yes. So he's retiring now. Uh, this is, well, I think he's done now. He might be like officially done. But um, I've been a massive fan of his for years and years and years. Actually, he's pre- his wife's pregnant now. He's having his first kid. Uh, I think he's like a year or two younger than me. But um, anyways, I remember like probably 10, 15 years ago when he really started coming up in MotoGP. Back when it was all two strokes. He was doing some exhibition fundraiser thing and uh basically they took all these guys and they put them in these rally courses and it was just for a fundraiser wasn't going fast whatever and he was really good at it and he actually tried it turned into he got a, a to try out for the world rally championships and in one of the races he came in second place and the, i remember they're talking about said there's there seems to be nothing this kid can't do like whether it's motorbikes like flat track dirt bikes uh, rally cars, like apparently he's just, he knows how to drive things. He's cool. He's a cool dude. I remember he used to always piss. He used to, he used to get in trouble all the time. Like after a race, he'd put on like a chicken suit and like run around the track. And you know, when they were supposed to be on the podium or for the press conferences or whatever, post race, he'd, he'd actually just walk out and use one of the, the restrooms out in the track or something like that. And, oh, he was cool. I liked Valentino Rossi. Yeah. I won't say hear what he was doing but um i actually saw uh at a gp moto gp race had pit passes and everything and uh he he either either won or was second in that race and they were looking for him for the podium ceremony and it it was kind of early in his career and he was celebrating 
Yeah, yeah. Would that someone special? Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's he's crazy. Like, it, it's insane because his dad raced too, right? Like it I was. Believe uh, so. Yeah, it's kind of in his blood, but it was funny because he was so cocky. Not in a mean way. Like, well, when him and Max Biaggi were going at it, he was pretty, pretty rude to Max Biaggi. Like, press conferences, he they'd say, "So, how did you feel about the race?" He goes, "At least I'm not slow like some people." And then he'd look at Max Biaggi, who came in second, <laughs> and, and like just un, unreal. Like, uh, like they some of the stuff that he's done, it seems physically impossible. Like the way he'll like. He'll come, like, move up through the pack, and he'll win a race in the last lap doing a pass that's impossible. Like, the motorcycle can't do that. And then I remember, um, so he was racing for Honda for years and years, and, and when everything went four-stroke, it was all Honda. And then Honda started getting big on themselves in the MotoGP realm, and so he quit Honda. And because I remember there's a comment at a championship saying, well, it's pr- pretty great to have Honda, you know, that Honda could win this. He goes, no, no, no. He goes, Honda didn't do anything. I won the race. And people were like, what do you mean? He goes, no, 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 no. He goes, okay. And so he quit Honda and went to Yamaha. And he said, people are mistaken that the, the Honda won the race. The, the bike didn't win the race. It's only the guy riding the bike. And he went and he went next year and he won it with a Yamaha. Because apparently, you know, I mean, Honda's always been known, obviously, obviously for racing, but... I remember, like, I used to get all the motorbike magazines and read the articles, and it's like Honda had this new technology. They had an incredible team, their pit crew, and they were like really kind of dominant in that area. And then uh, Valentino Rossi got pissed off. He said, "No, no, 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 <laughs> you get this right. I win, not Honda. It's me." <laughs> and so he went and switched brands, and now he's won again. You know, it's cool. Yeah, he's a cool dude. Yeah, I know, I've the only uh, actual like high level motorsports I've ever witnessed was um in Southern California we saw oh who's that Nikki Hayden you recognize yeah. that yeah I saw him back when he was on the what's the Canadian or not the Canadian the American version of MotoGP Superbikes AMA Superbike series I saw him racing when he was on a Honda RC51 that was fun man that's you know we were in the stands and like so we were freshly married and Steph was with me down there in Southern California and I was working. And, uh, so we went to this whole racing thing. She wasn't into it at all, but uh, we had fun. And I remember sitting there and it wasn't busy and the, the, the bikes would come by and you just, it smelled like mechanical. You know what I mean? Like it didn't smell like oil. It didn't smell like engines overheating, but you could smell the engines when they went by because they're running so like they're just just revving the piss out of them you know what I mean it's just so intense oh I loved it it was so good that was a lot of fun yeah it's the back when they you could uh build a bike or a car you know race vehicle where the engine was one race yeah and you got the most out of that engineering that was humanly possible for the most part, you know, cause you build it, you race it, you wear it out, you move on. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's what world-class formula racing is supposed to be about. Yeah. Not 100%. budgets. Come on people. You can set a budget. Then let people go set a budget, make some, make a couple of rules. Yeah. You know, you got to stay within these rules. 
Now, what you do within those rules is up to you. Yeah. Go forth and conquer. And just because some poor upstart that has no business in Formula One or MotoGT or whatever, because you know, they're not ready yet, you know, don't yeah. don't lower the bar for everybody because <laughs> little Johnny over here sucks. Exactly, yeah. You know, Formula One, oh, the pinnacle of – no, it isn't. It's the pinnacle of um, crybaby rules today. Yeah. Well, and Come then on. I heard, too, they want to be uh, carbon neutral. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah so. they have to be. They've already set the rule. I'm like, but you can't. Physically impossible. Like, let's just back up a minute here, okay? If you use electricity, and if that electricity is brought to you through wire, right? Copper wire, aluminum wire, doesn't matter what it is. If that wire is insulated with anything other than, like, jute or, I don't know, uh, it's uh, that came from oil and gas. Sorry. <laughs> you, can't, you can't conduct electricity, uh, move it around the world without petroleum byproducts. Physically impossible, unless you want to just kill all the rubber trees, and that's a, you know, go ahead and do that, and then make natural rubber. That is a, a possible, but you better not do it with any electricity <laughs> that's existing, because that was all put here with oil and gas. Well, that in <laughs> a Formula One car is ninety percent made of artificially created carbon. Yeah. Come on, people, <laughs> carbon neutral. Good. You know, their brakes are made over a six-month period by shooting carbon atoms at a mold. Yeah. You know? Come on. It's so funny. It's so funny how stupid people are. Like, oh, <laughs> let's get Greta Thunberg to be our spokesperson. Let's get her to represent this generation. <laughs> and the, she's actually probably one of the smarter, rep, you know what I mean? Like, all the people that believe all this this hoo-ha, she's probably one of the better ones to speak for them. <laughs> you <laughs> it was funny um well i guess i can't i probably shouldn't name names but um we had family situations and <laughs> so one of let's just say there's a a boy similar age as my boy and he's decided like he's like fully vegan <laughs> and i'm like and and the stupid part is this is that his mother hasn't done research, hasn't looked into it and said, okay, then your diet needs to be like this. Instead, like he just eats things that don't have meat. Right. And it's, it's this whole idea. And it's like, uh, he doesn't like the idea of any animal suffering. And, uh, and so like malnourished, he's very unintelligent, like a, a real dumb kid, daft, I'd call him daft and shouldn't be. Like, I, I don't think he should be as dumb as he is, but man, if you, if a kid for like three years doesn't get nourishment or nutrients, it's going to affect his development, right? Uh, absolutely. Um, and mental like, and physical. Yeah. And protein is an important part of your brain, right? And fats, like a healthy diet. You don't want kids to be a bunch of chumbawambas, big fat kids running around, but these scrawny little kids that are like, oh, I'm not eating any meat. And then they don't actually look at, I, I'm not saying like, if you want to be a vegan, go ahead, enjoy your crappy life. Um, I think you can do like vegetarian or vegan healthy, but it's a boatload of work, right? Cause there's certain proteins that your body does need. You do need certain 
proteins and fats. And if you don't want to get them from animals, but for whatever reason, you're just going to have to work like 10 times harder to make sure you actually have that. Cause that is critical in my opinion. But, um, yeah, it's so, so stupid. People are like, eh. and this kid is like, and, and, and even so like, like, I, I guess I can't say too much cause I don't want to name names here, but it's funny. All these well, little, little 10 year olds that are woke. It's like, what? The, there's a, a, a an, an alleged leading, uh, nutritional scientist i guess you could say yeah he's in he's native from the country he's living in okay i won't even say what country he's from and he's gotten some, some heat from you know the cancel culture and the karens and the vegans because he's like i've studied um, nutritional anthropology. I've studied, you know, all these different various areas of nutrition, right? Mm-hmm. And guy's in his late sixties, early seventies. He's got two or three PhDs, and he's like, "You can't show me a culture from the past that was vegan." That's true. <laughs> you can't show me a culture that was vegetarian. Mm-hmm. What you can show me is you look back at the longest lived, healthiest societies, and they're not always the same thing because one of the healthiest societies, you know, died in their thirties and forties, but from other reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some of the longest lived aren't necessarily the healthiest, the like uh, some uh, uh, oh, what's the word? Uh, little known, out of the way Chinese villages, right? Okay. Yeah. Oh, the you know, two thousand years ago they were living to into their eighties. Yes, but they weren't very healthy hmm. doing it. You know, nutritionally healthy. Yeah. So what you can see is you know, say Native Americans, uh, particularly the. Pacific Northwestern natives that lived to their 60s and they were healthy. Mm-hmm. Why? They had a nutritional balance of fish, game, veggies. Yeah. What did what didn't I say in there? Candy bars and grain, you know. Yeah. Is, yeah. And this is what he's saying. Yeah. And you know, no alcohol, no this, no that, no the other. Um Fish, game, veggies. Hmm. That's and interesting. Like now in modern society, you can have some beef, some chicken, a lot of fish, a lot of game, a lot of veggies. Mm-hmm. Green leafy is good, and uh, he's gotten all kinds of heat about it. And he's like, you know what? Um, if you don't agree with me. I want you to be at least half my age and let's come arm wrestle. Hmm. But you yeah. have to be a vegan. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So. You know what you know what bugs me is that these people are like, oh, they they give up meat. And I think they're just virtue signaling to themselves. But they give up meat and then next thing you know, it's like 
plant-based burgers. <laughs> it's like, no, 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 you don't get that. That pisses me off when everybody comes oh, out with a plant-based you. something. Thank you. I, I saw, okay, so this stupid uh, Pizza 73 is a company here. They What do they do? They make pizza, obviously, in their name. I saw an ad, we are watching the hockey game last night, plant-based chicken burgers. So not only are they trying to take beef and, like, fake beef, now that's chicken. Like, really? I'm sorry, if you go plant, if you go vegan, you don't get plant-based meat. And and when you think about it, all they're doing is is taking some weird, probably uh, vegetables that are hard on your system, and they're injecting it with a bunch of fake flavors, right? It's chemicals. And they're like, ah, I'm a vegetarian. I just have plant-based chicken burgers. <laughs> Look at me. Well, here's what I want to know. How does a vegan company know what chicken tastes like? Exactly. Who's testing it? They shouldn't, unless they've and killed an innocent chicken. if that's what they really believe, it really, if it's really what they believe, you know, how are they making someone who's not a vegan, you know, they're a test rat for them. Yeah. I know, I know what we need to do here, Todd. So, uh, vegans and, you know... I think veganism is about the animal, right? Vegetarian might just be about, I, I just like vegetables or, or meat, like because vegetarians would eat eggs, um, <clears throat> use leather, drink milk. Vegans, like zero animal byproducts. Yeah. So what we should do is we need to be intellectually assaulted when they have plant-based chicken burgers because... Even though it's not a real chicken, they're putting that image in my mind and it really hurts my feelings. I am not just a vegan, I'm an emotional vegan. So we can use cancel culture and get rid of all these plant-based meats because meat is the enemy, right? <laughs> we just need to use their own mental retardation on them. <laughs> Defeating the woke with the woke. So I, I think that's what I'm going to do. If I ever see anything for plant-based meat, I'm going to start a protest and being like, as an emotional vegan, the word a hamburger, it, it should just be vegetables, right? Like just put broccoli on a burger, <laughs> you know? Yeah, There's could, a company that makes a uh, uh, plant-based alternative to meat, but it's chicken satay, right? The roasted chicken on a stick and peanut sauce. Okay. And it's the most disgusting thing ever. Uh, tastes nothing like chicken. I'm like, how does, who thinks this tastes like chicken? They're retarded. Yeah. And how, is it, have you ever had tofu? Um, yes, and I've had tofu in this, like a Thai soup. Yeah, I thought it was the most disgusting thing ever. I've had tofu as in two or three different other ways, just trying to give it a do because I like edamame, right? So mm -hmm. I'm just trying to give it a you know a chance. It, no, no, stop it. <laughs> I've never had it, but I've got nothing against it because I'm like, yes, it's not masquerading as a meat. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like it's tofu. And then so Steph isn't a huge hamburger fan. She loves beef. But it will, part of the thing is, like, they never, ever had beef in their families. Always hamburger everything. And her mom's hamburgers are just, they're hideous. They're, they're disgusting. I could understand how you wouldn't be a fan. But um, so we'll have burgers. We'll make our own burgers. And then Steph has these bean burgers. And they're really good. And, you know, they advertise them as no meat or whatever. But I have them for breakfast sometimes because it's like black beans, uh, 
like kernels of corn. It's and it's like got this Mexican kind of a flavor, and it's really good. And so you can put that on a grill, and I don't know what it's probably like chemicals and sawdust that that are a binder for it, but you know you you put that and it's like okay, I'm having a bean burger. Good. That, that's honest. That's what's what it is. This isn't uh um. What what do they call it? Like like meat or what? What's the word? The the pop word now. It's just out of my head. Just left. No idea. Okay. Anyways, yeah. It it it's like come on, say what it is. You know. Yeah, I I was just thinking the other day. I saw a commercial for something, and I just wanted to, you know, find them and bite them as hard as I could. Because stop it. You don't Mm. get to say. Um. Oh, here's a plant-based burger or plant-based chicken or plant-based steak or no you make up something of your own yeah just like i can't stand this remaking movies to with changing the color or gender or whatever (laughs) of the original the person who wrote the show right yeah yeah you're just changing it why can't you create your own i know i know you create your own um african-american uh, well, I can't say that. We have a international audience, so black. Can you make your own black hero? Yeah, that stands on their own two feet instead of the next James Bond has to be a black woman. No, it's James Bond. Come on, is, oh, is that what they're saying? Some people. Yeah, yeah, I know. And it's like, sorry, James Bond is the way it is. And and yes, he's he's British for Pete's sakes. I don't like British people, you know, but. That's what it is. If you change it, it's it's not the same thing. Okay, you, you just cheapened the entire franchise of it, you know? Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Speaking of people I don't like, <laughs> um, I got into it. I had some real, a real dumb comment on Instagram from a Frenchman. <laughs> yeah, have you ever met a Frenchman you like? Good, yeah. me neither. <laughs> Oh, dude, man, I I tell you what, I don't, you know, I've known a lot of French people and I'd, I've never met one person that I'm like, that is a good, honest to goodness, salt of the earth, uh, good person. Never met one like that. What are you going to say? Have you ever met well, a, a good um, Frenchman? No, the older Frenchman that I met in France that owned the cigar store that remembered World War Two and how the Americans saved their bacon. Yes, him. Yeah, awesome guy. The two people that ran the that owned the hotel and restaurant we we lived at while we were there. Mm-hmm. Um, their parents and grandparents remembered the war. You know, they were told the stories. Um, so three three French people. Yes. Yeah, I I don't know what I don't know what it is about them, but they're not overly intelligent in my opinion and somehow they they're they remind me of horses that have the blinders on their eyes so all they see is straight ahead and that straight ahead is a mirror for them that's all they think about themselves like no oh, I, I can't stand this guy made some comments about my uh log splitter farting press and just and it's here's my thing with uh you know on social media if my if your first interaction with me is negative, then I don't like you, right? I, I can't stand your guts. 
because it's like me kind of waiting around until I find something to bitch about, and then I go, eh, you, you should have done it like this, you know? And it's like, okay, sorry. If I want to write to uh, engage with somebody uh, on social media, my personal preference, uh, I hold myself to only positive. Like, I don't bitch and whine and, and call people out or say what they've done wrong. But uh, if I were, say, to say if I, and I've never really found a situation where I cared enough, but if somebody is like, truly mistaken about something and if say my advice would help them if they're saying okay to wire it up i'm gonna do it like this well maybe there's a chance i could chime in and say oh actually you know what i've wired these up before uh this is the way that's that i've always done it i think there's like an industry standard maybe just do a little just double check it i don't want you to wreck your motor or something right but i wouldn't even feel like i have a right to say that unless i've said unless i've encountered engaged them positively previously well and i so, don't believe in living in an echo chamber so I, I just don't say anything, whether I agree or not, until I have criticism. Then I'll add that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it, it's like, you know, so these people follow me, and it's like your first interaction is like, why I've done all these things wrong? I'm like, piss off, okay? Like, just go away. I, I don't want to hear from you ever again in my life. Die. You know, choke on broccoli. I don't care. But like as as far as I'm concerned, your opinion has zero bearing. Like the first thing, if someone's first interaction with me is a criticism, it's like nope, <laughs> don't care. It's like here's the thing: you got to realize this, retard. You're watching me, not vice versa. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, go ahead, continue your insignificant life of bitching about what other people are doing wrong. It's well, <laughs> or you could just say, you know, thank you for your comment. Um. Well, I don't know if you realize it or not, but a thumbs down means the same thing to YouTube as a thumbs up. A bad comment means the same thing as a positive comment. They don't care what I get you to say, just that I get you to say something, and that increases my stock with YouTube. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. You have helped me succeed beyond your wildest imagination. Yeah, I know. The hardest part for me is not being mean. Like I just honestly, I and I, I'm always. This is what I'm always worried about. People are gonna start, start screen grabbing these things that I res, say in response, and then all of a sudden there's gonna be like this anti simple little life group. Because honestly, I just want to swear at people. I really do. Like just the nastiest, meanest, hurtful swear words I could say. That's what I really, truly want to do. And maybe you know, in real life, I I might honestly do that. And I used to get Create all, a shadow account. I should, but but then and it's not coming from me, right? Exactly. So there's often like when people do stupid stuff, mean comments. I'll say something rude back, but it's not not hurtful, right? It's, it's not like hateful. Like I'm not saying go jump off a cliff, you piece of human garbage. Because oh, who knows what kind of trouble you'd get in if you said that? Like my goodness, it's kind of like saying that. I don't know. Um. Well, yeah. I have a question, though, because I, I watched that video. Um, I mean, you posted it while I was gone. Yes. But uh, I watched it when I got back. In fact, I had a lot of YouTube to catch up on. It really aggravated my wife. But, <laughs> eh, you know. You're a busy man. What can, what can you do? Yeah. it's I'm studying for Friday. Come on. That's right. Um, but, no, I did have some questions for you. And and they're not in any way. No, no, no. I know criticism. It's yeah. just you know you know that I've watched a lot of these videos about people building 
forging presses, and I'd like to either build one or buy one. Yep. And all the ones I've seen built have one thing in common. All the ones you can buy have the same thing in common. Yours kind of, you know, left the herd at that point. And I was just wondering why. You know, what was your thought process? What What's the thing? Yours is horizontal. Oh. You kept it horizontal. Yeah. Um, I, was, I was constrained to that with the log splitter I had. Uh, some, like, obviously, like, generally speaking, there's parts of a hydraulic circuit that don't care how they're mounted because it's fluid and it's always fluid. Um, with this log splitter, the way the reservoir is, it has to stay horizontal. And because it's, it's really weird, man. Like, this entire hydraulic thing is a single block. Like, there isn't a hydraulic hose on that log splitter. It's like some cast thing and it's like, there it is. And it's super simple. Uh, even I had somebody saying like, oh, so another question I got a lot, which is a, a good question. Uh, why do I have uh, an electrical switch under the foot pedal and a wire to actuate the lever? Why don't I just have a, like a non-momentary switch so I can just let the motor run all the time and then just have the hydraulic control? Reason for that, this is the most simple hydraulic circuit on the planet Earth. And when that motor is running, it's keeping positive pressure on the uh, valve. And it's only a two-position valve. And so there's the position to extend it. And then the position that's closed, which is supposed to be neutral. And it actually will move forward a bit. Um, if you, Well, yeah, it's hard to explain here without a diagram. But if you look at the hydraulic circuit... As long as that motor is running, there is no way for the hydraulic fluid to come back out of the back end of that cylinder. So if the motor's running, the cylinder's staying, it's either advancing or it's staying neutral. As soon as it comes off, pressure bleeds off, and now all of a sudden, the spring will pull back that hydraulic cylinder because it's not powered closed. Uh, the spring will pull it back, and then the pressure of the motor not running lets it go to the tank. So, so <clears throat> could you, so I understand why the motor can't be at the top in a vertical position. Could it be at the bottom? Because I noticed on Walter Sorrell's, his forging press, yeah. the bottom moves, not the top. Is his a log splitter too? I don't know, but I know yeah. his bottom moves, you know, so while it's forge pressing, he's moved, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird, but, you know, he does it. Yeah. And so, I'm not saying that it, he's right. I'm just, you know, there's one example of that. Yeah. Um, and, and even like some people would rather have that, right? Like some people would rather have the bottom coming up. I personally would probably rather have the, the top. Top down. That way yeah. what I'm holding is stationary. <clears throat> yeah. And gravity's helping me, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I was looking on some forums and there's a guy that had taken the same log splitter and mounted it vertically and he burnt up the motor he said there's no way to hold enough hydraulic fluid in there he burnt up his pump oh no i'm i was just asking and yeah and here's why i asked that question in case someone who watches your videos is listening to this podcast and wanted the same thing yeah i have gone through every scenario i can think of in my head and i can't think of a reason other than space floor space 
why it should be vertical over horizontal. Mm-hmm. You know, because from a forging standpoint, it doesn't matter what direction it's coming from. No. As long as it's pointing due north, magnetic north, you're fine. And that's only when you quench. Yeah. So. Yeah, with your tongue on the left side of your mouth. Yeah, and on Tuesday, <laughs> that's right shoot. foot only. Oh, I quenched yesterday. The knife is going to break. Yep. Um. Yeah, no. And the other thing, yeah, I, I understand that, like, space, but also, <laughs> here's a part of the other truth of the matter. I was trying to get a YouTube video up for a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> right like i'm like shoot what do i do what do i do what do i do i want to i want to get something that's gonna get some views and i i'm like okay well let's and i've wanted a log splitter you know i would have gone and bought like a 22 ton uh if i could have found one with an electric motor which they don't ever have but then i'm like i was looking into it and i actually went to the store and i'm like man this is gonna take me about like two days just to convert this to electric and even then now it's got to be like a 220 volt which i don't have in my shipping container and i don't want to start forging in my garage and i'm like well i guess i'm stuck with a 110 volt 15 amp or like i can run an extension cord out there and it works and um so that's part of the the reasons too and then i kind of like i guess if i were to make my own forging press i would put it up quite high uh, but I see a lot of guys forging and they like hunch over and they got to like get their head lower yeah, that, down. I, I've like, seen that a, doesn't look cool. Very, a couple of things, examples of that. And I'm like, you built it yourself. <laughs> yeah, what? what? <laughs> you, you couldn't, you don't know how tall you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you buy it, you know, and it's that way, there's still a way to make it taller, but. Yeah. And do it safely, but come yeah. on. Come no, it's, on. That's totally true. And I understand uh, why some of the older, you know, from the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, power hammers are so low. I understand why, but. People are smaller then. No, it's not just that. It's so, There's some other uh, metallurgical reasons and. Oh, like the the steel wasn't strong, or the castings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, there's just that makes sense. And during the wartime, you want to use the the least amount of material you can. Yeah. But you also, you know, it was a give and take kind of thing. But we're building it today. Come on, people. Mm -hmm. Well, now we got the price of steel to contend. Make it ergonomic. (laughs) Oh no, you know, no. Today we need to be. Be building a log uh, hydraulic press. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Why are you pressing log? No, no, no. It's made out of log. Yeah. Why? It's steel. It's the cost. The price of gold. That's right. I saw there's an online steel store because I was going to order a couple of pieces of steel for something, and I'm like, you, I will never buy from you again. Ever for this. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because they're... It's taking advantage? Uh, yeah. Gouging, I would almost say. But technically, yeah. it doesn't fit the definition of price gouging, which a lot of people get wrong. Mm. But they are taking advantage of the market by a factor of three. Oh, wow. You know? So I know steel is high. 
If you go to metalsupermarket.com and you look at something, then you go to this other place, it's triple the price. I'm like, oh, wow. You suck. Yeah. Dirty rotters. Yeah, I'm amazed how uh, how expensive steel is. And and lumber, too. It's just... Uh, yeah, it's shot back up. And that there's no good reason for that, and except the, the mills... All the landowners, the mills, and the wholesalers are taking advantage of the market. Yeah. Uh, I was uh, speaking in a private chat with a uh, uh, YouTube uh, sawmill owner. You know, he's a, uh, a forestry guy. He own, You know, he has his own sawmill, whole mm-hmm. nine yards trucking and never met the guy you know i just watched his youtube channel and i just asked him a question and he answered and uh he's like yeah it's frustrating for us because we're you know a smaller family-owned operation we want to be fair uh but because these other huge conglomerates are taking advantage of the market it's helping their company because they're still yeah um You know, you had the normal prices, then you had the COVID prices. Now we have the um, marketeer prices, and his family's still in the COVID prices. Yeah, yeah. You wonder how long it can go on for. Um, Well, I think we're going to have a, if not complete collapse, we're going to have uh, another housing banking collapse by june of 2022 and then by december of 2022 we will be in what they refer to as hyperinflation yeah which is a 100 percent increase or more yeah you know because whenever when this whole stupid pandemic started you know and they you know shut everybody down but basically just like hit the pause button People are like, oh, and it's like, oh, good, we got stimulus checks. I'm like, what? Do you really think that's going to do tiddlywinks to what has been done? Like, so the effects of the actions that were taken by the governments of the people, those actions, they're starting to come around to the point where we could actually start to see them, right? Like the ripple, it's like, dude, it's going to be like in two to five years, you're going to all of a sudden be like, oh man, things are bad. How do they get so oh, bad? No, it's well, it's going to be less than that. I'm, yeah. You know, by June, it will have been 18 months. Of and I, yeah. The like really I bad Steph. stuff. And I don't mean anything having to do with an election. I just mean the, the free money garbage. Because what those stimulus checks force people to do is the wrong thing. Yeah. Because a lot of people use the un- the ongoing free unemployment, the stimulus checks, and everything else to quit work. Mm-hmm. You know, cause I don't know about anywhere else, but people around here were quitting quitting work because they got paid more on unemployment. Yeah, or so they thought. You know, well, you know uh, during that time when they got a tax break, that was, um, it was just a hold off. It wasn't free. So this coming tax season, they have to pay all that back, yes. which they're not going to have. Yeah. That's what we had. We had CERB. Yeah. And oh, come on, people. I know. And, you know, 
thought t- when you were saying that people were stopped working, uh, like the local Starbucks here during that time, <laughs> like when things were closed down, everybody's scared, like Wuhan snivels, ah, we're all going to die for sure. And then when things kind of start opening up with restrictions, because ah, that's safer, um, there's the local Starbucks here. They were only open two to three days a week because they couldn't get <laughs> workers because everybody was at home on Serb. And I talked to somebody who was making minimum wage at a coffee shop. He said, I actually make more money not going to work. So I quit my job and I ride my bike all day long. <laughs> like goes cycling in the city, he goes here, goes to Banff. He says, I literally ride my mountain bike every single day and I make more money than when I was a barista. <laughs> oh, and, like, oh, and job. the worst of it all did this. I'm quitting my job. I'm going on unemployment. I'm getting the stimulus check. And since I'm a renter, they can't evict me. So I'm going to quit paying my rent. Yeah. And when it's all over, I don't have to pay it back. Oh, I never. I just had to start again. Makes me glad. And then I'll get evicted for not paying my rent. And then I'll have to find a new apartment. But so what? Yeah. Glad I, oh, I never thought about that. I'm glad I don't have any, uh, any rental property anymore because I could totally see that. There's like, okay, so now the landlord's sitting there, you know, it's not right. It's not right. The more this goes on, well, Todd, the more I, I saw realize, something. What's that? And I'm just going to put this out there. I don't know anything about the situation other than what I read online on a news article. So, you know, I don't know. I'm just inserting my imagination into the story. Okay. There's a guy, he owned an apartment building. Small, you know, like a 16 plex, right? So he had mm-hmm. 32, 30 apartments, right? Whatever. And almost all of them, all but I think one or two quit paying rent during COVID. Oh, wow. Because you can't evict me. me, 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 me. <laughs> well, the two people that were, the one or two people, I forget which, that were paying rent were had been in the building since it was built, you know, since, you know, year, decades, right? Mm-hmm. Friends with the owner, they're elderly, they're on a fixed income, blah, blah, blah. They find a, a new apartment in one of his other buildings out of the blue. As soon as their move is over, the building accidentally burns down. He gets all of his insurance money. The people he wanted to evict but can't because of COVID are out on the street where they belong because that's how they're acting. (laughs) They're acting like animals, so they're out on the street like animals. Um, He has really good insurance that put him back in the same position he was in, right? So they built him a, a building up to today's standard. Yeah. During the COVID situation, and he's got... No renters in it because he's not going to fill the building until the you can't evict me rules are over. Yeah, that's crazy. And because he can't, doesn't have renters in it, his insurance is covering his monthly loss. Oh, wow. And like, (laughs) nothing reeks of arson better than that. But, you know, if anybody goes up there and sees the the totality of the situation, they're going to be like, yeah, it wasn't arson. Yeah, yeah, no kidding, right? I think justice burnt this down. Yeah, exactly. Chuck one up for the good guys, you know? Exactly. Yeah, that's crazy. It's funny how accident happened right when no one was in the building. Yeah. Yeah. At all. 
What a friendly accident. And none of them work. Hmm. Yeah, no kidding. I wonder if somebody sent them all tickets to a free event somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, that's right. Hey, they're giving away free money in the Walmart parking lot. Yeah. And they all run down there. Yeah. Oof. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm so done. Like, man, we're still like in stupid like lockdowns and I'm starting like I'm practicing continually and increasing my civil disobedience uh, to the point now I'm looking to get canceled. Like I'm not going to hold back. I'm just like, go ahead. Let's go. Let's go. You know, the it, one thing that kind of set me off, but we're having dinner with my parents and um, I, I say, I don't get my mom. She believes this stuff. But then <laughs> once I talk to her the next time she doesn't and, like she's uh she watches too much television just plain as day um and she thinks there's nothing else out there for information like literally what cnn tells you is all there is and it's like well you know and she's she thinks i get all my information from youtube and yes there's a bunch of whack nuts on youtube so the way i work is i like to look at everything i, I find myself a centrist kind of right like Yes, there's extremists on both ends. I don't want to affiliate with either of them, even though uh, the extreme people on the right, I probably identify with more, but the things they're saying and the way they're saying is just stupid. Like, they're fear-mongering in the opposite direction, right? Like, they, they make it out to, yeah, whatever. But so my parents were there, we were having dinner with them, and they're like, you know, they say this could be going on for another 100 years. <laughs> COVID. And I'm like, yeah, if you keep drinking the Kool-Aid and my mom just got right mad right away. And I'm like, okay, sorry. We are not. So we have this rule. And I've told my mom, I said, listen, mom, whenever we get together, here's the deal. I do not want to discuss COVID with you because you believe something and that's your right. I don't believe anything what you believe. And that's my right. And I don't want to argue with you. I just don't like, you're not going to change my mind. I'm not going to change your mind. So we don't need to have this conversation. I don't yeah. know why they're obsessed with COVID. Everything. One of my is COVID, uh, COVID, COVID. One of my family members is anti-vax. Mm-hmm. I'm anti-vax, and we know we understand that that's your choice, and I got the vaccine, and that's my choice, and we don't yeah. argue about it. Yeah. But it was funny as somebody else was arguing about it at the birthday party, and uh, this other family member and I that was sitting next to each other. We kind of said really loudly. So maybe they would hear us and shut up that. Um, it's all boils down to choice. Mm -hmm. And Hey, you didn't get the vaccine. So you're going to die of COVID. I got the vaccine. And I'm going to die of the vaccine. Yeah. We both lose. Yeah. There's no winner in any of this. So just shut up about it. Yeah, and uh, they're like the the people that were being loud. One, they were. I I don't know everything, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know every. I'm not a virologist. I don't know everything, right? I don't know what's in God's mind. I don't know what's in the virus's mind, right? Mm -hmm. But I do know everything they were saying is just completely fabricated from the news. Yeah, you know. A little bit from CNN, a little bit from Fox, a little bit from MSNBC, and they all put it together in their retarded little brain and spew it back out. And I'm like, ugh. Yeah, I know. Oh, I know. but I, I'm going to say this, and then let's be done with COVID for the week. Um, did you hear about 
Dr. Fauci and his opinion on dogs? No. Okay, and you can Google this. Um, just uh, Fauci dog videos. Uh, and we're talking about hunting dogs. Um, he is f- f- pro. You know those uh, dog boxes on the back of trucks for hunting dogs? Those yeah, aluminum yeah. Yep. Heat those aluminum ovens, right? Mm-hmm. And well, where he's from in Georgia, uh, they have larger kennels of that. They stay in the same kind of box on the on Earth as they do in the back of the truck, right? Mm. Yeah. And it, it get incredibly hot. Well, yeah. it's not uncommon at all. It's not anywhere near rare. Happens all the time. It, they like. It happens so often they factor it in to the number of dogs they need as replacements that huh. these big flies get in the box. They eat eat chunks of the dog's face. Really? Well, you can't hear the dog in pain because, oh, by the way, he's also for cutting their vocal cords so they can't make noise. So now they're in there getting their face eaten by flies. And you can't hear them crying in pain because you want them to, uh, they're hunting dogs to have no vocal cords so they don't scare the animal with their voice. They have to rush up on the animal to flush it out. So he is pro that? Pro that. All of that. Oh, yeah, that's all part of just the hunting experience or the keeping dog experience. Huh. No, just cruelty, you jackass. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, so, and I've known since I worked in the government that Dr. Fauci is nothing but an administrator. That's all he's been for decades. Yeah. yeah. He might have a degree in virology. He might, and he does, but he hasn't done it in so many years. It's, ugh. Yeah. He only wears a white coat because of his title. Okay, people? He's an administrator. He's the head of an agency. He deals in budget and HR problems. Yeah. That's it. And PR, you know. Yeah. Yeah, he spends cool. most of his days either in meetings with his bosses in the administration to find out what they want him to do, and he's briefing on them what he has been doing. Then he comes back and has to have more meetings to tell his agency what the bosses want him them to do and then find out what they've been doing for his next meeting with the bosses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's it. Oh yeah, yeah. It's so funny, like, cause so, so like, did you see that thing? I mean, he got caught that yes, he's been working in the Wuhan laboratory doing tests with these viruses, and he said, "Well, listen," and, and you can see the videos of him actually saying this. Like, if I, we wouldn't want to run these tests like in Manhattan now, would we? He said, "We don't want to do this in in America in case it actually got out." And it's like, so then right there, he's saying that Chinese life is worth less than American life, uh, which is not to true. Americans, yeah, yeah. And but then he's uh, but then he's also kind of like mentally retarded because he's like, yeah, just wait until they get airplanes in and out of China, and wait till people and and start doing trade and business happens, and there's flights to and from, right? Like, like what a freaking moron! And then boil that back. So my mom was like, getting into it with me and. And I said, here's the thing about this, this COVID I, I can't stand is that all along the way, 
we're told lies, right? You used to think it was bat soup. And I said to you, way, right when it started, this is not bat soup, mom. This is way bigger than that. No, it's bat soup. I said, do you agree that it's not bat soup now? Yes. Okay. So it was actually a virus created by men. It wasn't bat soup. Okay. So that was a lie. Every time we turn around, there's another lie. I said, here's the thing, mom. If you try and convince me of something and you told me 30 lies in a row, there's going to come a point where it doesn't matter if you start telling me truth again, I will not believe what you say. And I will not believe any of it. I said, honestly, to tell you the truth of the matter, this whole pandemic is a plandemic. It's a bunch of bullshit. None of this is bad. It might be a flu. Yes, it's a virus. I agree. But, you know, you know, thank you to the thousands of frontline workers who are clearing out tens of thousands of bodies from the streets every day. Come on. And my, then my mom's like, yeah, but what if all the emergency rooms are full and I have a heart attack? I'm like, they're not full. They're telling you they're full. They're lying to you. You know, Saskatchewan released uh, statistics. And of all the people that are in the hospital with COVID-19, 49% have had the full vaccinations. 51 are non-vaccinated. So what, what is that? Okay, so Colin Powell died last week, right? Double shots of the vaccination. He died of COVID-19. Hmm. Like, let's just all be retarded and say, get your pat, get your vax or else you can't come to a restaurant. Okay, let's, let's just overrule the Charter of Rights and Freedoms in Canada or you know, the constitution of the United States of America and say, you have to be vaccinated. Why? The vaccine doesn't work. Uh, Technically they're not, it's not, you can't actually call it a vaccine scientifically. I think the, the Johnson Johnson is the only one that's actually a vaccination. So you can't call it that. So just keep drinking some Kool-Aid, man. Just shove it down my throat because I'm a full on retard. Woo. (laughs) You know, I'm woke, yo. The world is dumb, Todd. This world is stupid. Well, the the problem is, um, Powell didn't die of COVID. He didn't die of the cold. He died of other things in his body that the vaccine doesn't control, right? Mm-hmm. So what they call complications of, you know, um, he gets invaded by the virus. The vaccine fights off the corona part of it, right? Mm-hmm. the common cold part of it. But then your body reacts to, you know, everybody's body reacts to the cold differently. Some people get pneumonia, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. But we also don't know what the vaccine did to his body because we, we don't know yet. Yeah. Um, we don't know what other more comorbidity factors Powell had um, other than being an old curmudgeon. Mm-hmm. Uh, an entitled curmudgeon at that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not the biggest Colin Powell fan, people. I used to love him, but uh, when he was broke down on the highway, uh, on his way to the VA hospital in Washington, D.C., and a veteran right, stopped to help him change his tire that only had, he had a missing limb, Okay. And he helped Colin Powell change. Oh, wait. No, he didn't help him. He changed it for him because Powell said he was too good to get out and get his shoes dirty. Mm. It was his tire. Yeah, yeah. And a guy with three limbs helped him. Ah. 
<laughs> God, you worked up now, Todd. It's good. I had, I can't stand this entitlement. BS. I, I just can't. <laughs> yeah. You know, the day you retire, you're not General Pal anymore. The day you get kicked out of the office, you're not Secretary Pal anymore. You're Colin. Yeah. Or Colin. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like Colin better. <laughs> All right. It has it's, it's I N, so it's Colin. Whatever. So but he he pronounced it Colin. Uh, but uh, Yeah. Yep, yep. I don't I wouldn't even call you Mr. Powell. We put yeah. our shoes on the same way. I'm retired. You're retired. If you were still active duty, you'd be General Powell. Yeah. That's funny. But when you didn't get out of your own car to help a three-limbed veteran change your tire, suck it. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and there is more to that story, but I... I about a week and a half or two weeks later, after that situation made the news, Powell was back on his way to the same VA hospital. Came upon another veteran, broke down on the same highway, not in the same place, but in the same highway, and just took a picture of it on his drive by. He didn't even stop to see if the guy needed help or the huh. girl, whatever it was. You scumbag. You don't even know how to pay it forward. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, for sure. And that's not surprising. If he's not willing to actually do something for himself, why would he ever even think about doing something for someone else? Not going to happen. You know, uh, if you stop and you're like, hey, I got some connections because I'm Colin Powell, I'll get a tow truck out here immediately, right? Yeah. That's oh, yeah. one thing. Mm-hmm. But if you just take a picture of somebody broke down and put on social media, you're just yeah. making fun of the person. Yeah. How do I know that? Because I do it. But I admit I'm an a-hole. <laughs> I admit it. Yeah. Um, so, oh, by the way, I would do both, you know, in all honesty. I would stop. I would help. I would get them help if they needed it. Yeah. And I'd also make fun of them. Yeah. So, there. Oh, you yeah. know why your tire blew? Yeah, I ran over a nail. No, it's because you ate Snickers the last 35 years, you fat. <laughs> Beep. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. you. You know, it's funny. So speaking of like doing good things for people, I got a little story. And uh, so we went to vote, uh, <laughs> vote our communist dictator back in. Uh, well, most of, <laughs> most of the country did anyways because they're fully retarded. And yes, I'm talking to you, Eastern Canada. I think you're dumb. And uh, that's that's that. Um, so the, while I was corrupt there. Corrupt retards. Yeah. <laughs> They're the worst kind of retards. Um, so while we're, we're there, like, I, you know, I had, there's a, a confusion with my postal code. It was wrong on my thing. It's funny because it gets to my mailbox, my card and Steph's card. Hers is correct, mine's incorrect, and we just got this brilliantly, you know, intellectual government that that sorts everything out. So I got to go to a line first to get my address corrected, and then I can go vote. So Steph went and voted, and she was done before me, and we got there at the right time. Like, apparently before we were there, it was like an hour line up, and then afterwards it was busy all day long, but we literally walked right up to the, the little booth. And so while Steph was waiting, she was talking to one of the ladies that was, I was going to call her volunteer, but she's not. She gets paid. Um... 
and she said, oh, I was, you know, she's like, how's your day going? Steph was asking her. And she goes, oh, it's good. You know, I, uh, it was a good day, but somebody stole my bike overnight, so I had to walk here, and I was planning on leaving, you know, at 6 to be here for 6.30, but it took me, like, an extra 10 minutes because I had to walk. And so I was like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. sometimes you have this thing on your heart, and it's like, you know, I should help this person, you know? And so this was, like, 9 o'clock in the morning we went to vote, and I was like, you know what? This poor lady, and she, she's living in the women's shelter, and I was like, ah, you know, I should... Hmm. Ah, you know, I've got bins full of bicycle parts. I've got frames. And it's like, ah. and so I thought, you know what? I'm going to build our bike today. I'm just going to do it. And so I uh, went home and I it did take me long, right? I mean, like two hours, I can build a bike up from scratch at the most. And um, I even had these bars that I had bought probably two, three weeks early. They weren't expensive bars, but they were hard to come by. Uh, I think I paid like 25 bucks for these bars and I put them on a couple different bikes. I was waiting for the right bike and I thought, oh, these would be perfect for this bike for her. I'm like, but these are like, I've wanted bars like this for, I thought, no, I'm going to give them to her. Done. And so I built this whole bike and actually made a YouTube video about it. But then I thought, you know, I don't, I don't want, this is stupid. Like, look at me being Mr. Charitable. Anyways, the, the point of this story isn't that I'm a good guy because I'm not. Like, I am not. And I don't want to be. I, I don't want to. I'm a good man, but I'm not a nice guy. Um, anyways, I went, and at the end of the day, I brought her this bike, and she's so grateful, right? Oh. And then she insisted, and I, th- I didn't want to give it to her. She insisted on getting my phone number. I was like, no, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No, I've got, you know, I've got a friend who has lots of frames. Maybe he could give them to you. I said, no, no, no. And so finally I gave her my phone number. Anyways. She's been calling me for the last like two, three weeks and I'm not answering the phone because I don't answer the phone. Like, don't don't phone me unless I know who you are and it shows up on the number. You're not going to talk to me. Um, anyways, I didn't answer. Hey, this is what's her name. Just, if you could call me back when you get a minute, that'd be great. And anyways, so she called for like two weeks and I kind of felt bad because I'm like, she's she's in a rough spot, right? Like she's living in the women's shelter uh, and I don't want to be like that guy. who's like, OK, so I've got a house. You know, I've got a car. I'll give you a bicycle, and but other than that, you can't phone me. You can't associate with. So I kind of was feeling weird about that, and I'm like, but I don't know. Anyway, she finally left this one long message. You know, um, well, that was a real nice bike you gave me, and I, I did some research on the internet, and I didn't know. And it was, I mean, it was a, I forget the frame, but it was a good. Like I could have gotten if I built that bike up, I could get three, four hundred bucks for it locally, right? Um, and. But yo, I just, wow. Now, I've got some real sad news. That bike was stolen and blah, blah, blah. And she's calling me from the women's shelter phone. She goes, and my, my phone's turned off until the 27th. I'll call you back then. But, you know, I sure would like another bike. And if there's any way you could help me out. And, or, and I would also like to go to the police. Do you happen to have the serial number of that bike? Because I would love to file a report about it. And then she left this whole message. Like, probably a 10-minute long message. And, you know, I had it locked up, but it wasn't a real good bike lock. And she's using her voice ups and downs like this. I'm like, okay, you're, you're like selling snake oil or pigs or something here. And so maybe, you know, after you build me a new bike, you could teach me all about bicycle security so it doesn't get stolen again. But God bless you. I just, I sure love that bike. But if you could give me a chance to have another bike, just call me back whenever you can. Thanks. And I'm like, ah. And it's so weird because the day when I was driving the bike in, we finished supper and driving it in. I, I thought, you know what? I, I don't know if this is legit. I think I, I felt, I was like, I think I might be taking a being taken for here but then I thought you know what 
uh, as far as this whole situation, it's not about her, and this sounds terrible, but it's about me, right? It's about me being like, am I willing to help somebody out in need? And I, I feel like that was God teaching me a lesson. Whether And when I gave it to her, I was like, yeah, she, this, is, this is bogus. She's going to sell this thing or whatever. She doesn't care. And I left and I walked away. It's like, I feel like I've been taken advantage of. And then this phone call comes. I'm like, yes, I have been. But it's interesting because, you know, like I, I would do it again. And the, I think the right thing in that situation was me to help her out. And in this situation, the wrong thing would be me to give her another bike. It's just kind of funny, you know, like willingness to help. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, now I don't feel bad for you. Uh, yes, it's tragic. And she's one of these people that looks like she, you know, been. Well, I'm not going to say that because it's rude, but uh, she's had a rough life. You know, I, you can tell she's had a lot of fun with a lot of people and a lot of people have had a lot of fun with her. Just looks like, well, she looks like a crack whore. <laughs> and that's a polite way to say it. But, um, yeah, it's interesting. Just you thinking about whether you're willing to help people out or not, or people are too good. And I helped her out, but I will never help her out again because she's a user, you know. But that's the moral of the story. Be willing to help people out, but uh, not everybody that needs help should get your help. Ain't that the truth? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. <sighs> so you know what they're saying here? They're saying here we might get snow today. That sucks. <clears throat> what the what? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, you're in Canada. Never mind. That's right, Kanekistan. Or Canazuela. Yeah. Oh. Canada. Ancient uh, Canada. It's an ancient... Um, uh, Eskimo word for eh, it can snow any day. That's right. That's right. Just like I tell people, um, well, there oh, is no. actually it can snow any day. A. Eh? That's right. Eh? Oh, speaking of that, I'm going to be on a a podcast on Thursday. Uh, have you ever heard of the podcast Forge Side Chats? Probably no. not. Um, they're kind of funny. <laughs> it was like, they sent me an email and I just ignored it. And then they reached out on Instagram and I was sick and tired of how, like sometimes my message box on Instagram, I'll have like 30 unread messages and then I'll just be like, I'll ignore it for a while. And I'm like, okay, right now I'm just going to clean these up and I respond to everybody. And so they asked if I would be on their podcast. And so it's, uh, they focus on blacksmiths and bladesmiths or knife makers, depending on how sensitive you are around the word bladesmiths, and um, with a focus on Canadian makers. And uh, it's kind of funny. They, they, they kind of go a little overboard on <laughs> the Canadian stuff, like, hey, hoser. <laughs> it's pretty funny. But it, it's <laughs> funny because I said yes, and then I thought, oh, what if I hate their show? Like, what if I can't stand their podcast or if it's, like, not something I want to be associated with? So I'm like, oh, shoot. And so I went and I listened to him. I'm like, hey, I actually like it. It's actually a good podcast. Like, I really enjoy listening to this. I'm like, phew. Because I already said, yeah, for sure. We had the date. So, like, on Thursday evening, I'm recording that with them. And I'm like, oh, this might be bad. And I was like, I'm just going to listen to it. And if it sucks, I'll just be like, sorry, I listened to your podcast and I do not want to be a part of that. So I'm going to have to just man up and say that to him. But I'm glad I'm not. So, but yeah, they're like, hey, how's it going, hoser, eh? Who, um... <laughs> I know it's this forge side chat, but who, you know, are there any notable names involved other than you? 
Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so the first one I listened to, uh, shoot, something Mike Jones, Knife and Tool. Have you heard of him? No, but I mean, the, are the hosts anybody of note? I don't think so. I don't think so. Well, that's weird. They do, uh, not that I know of. Like, they do a great job on their show. Um, they're blacksmiths and stuff, but I don't think any of them, like, their social media following isn't, they're not, like, big on social media or anything like that. Um, but they have some pretty good guests. Some some, some got, like, a lot of the guests I know of. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. Like, you know, oh, shoot. Ethan, what's his name? Shoot, forget his last name. He studied under Alex. He was the one who made all of Alex Steele's hammers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he, he lives like, I don't know, two hours from me. Uh, he was on one of theirs. And then, More free labor for Alex. Oh, wait. No. <laughs> Beep. <laughs> Censorship. Um, and so, oh, so, so him, uh, Jonathan Pinkerton, you know him? Mm, I've heard of him. Yeah. So there's that, Will Stelter, and oh, there's another cool. guy. Yeah. So all of them, they're all these young guys, and they call themselves the Chain Gang. And one other guy from the Chain Gang, I think he lives in, I think he lives in Tennessee. But he was on with Ethan Hardy. That's who makes Alex stuff, who was making Alex stuff. So him and Ethan Hardy were on together. Uh, interesting, cool, man. Like, they're like 19, 20 years old. And it's like, dude, it's crazy. But it's actually a pretty good podcast. It's not that bad. There's uh, some, it's funny because I think Will St- uh, no, not Will Stelter. Ethan Hardy's a pretty straight up guy. I think he's like a Christian church going, and they're they're kind of getting into some dirty humor, and is just like silent and it's like, oh, didn't need to go that way. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. It's like their own podcast, and they're saying things that just crickets. But I want to get on my sound pad. You know what I'm gonna get, Todd? I'm gonna get a couple. Um, oh, what, what's her name? Greta Thunberg. I've got a video clip. How dare you? I thought that would be a good sound pad to have, wouldn't it? It would. You're telling a story like I walked in there and ordered a cheeseburger and this vegetarian looks at me and says, how dare you? <laughs> Just have that at the ready. Be fun. So I, I told you before, and I'm going to put this on air. Uh, we've got, you know, the, the vaccine passports here in Canada. So if you haven't been vaccinated, you are a second class citizen. No Jews allowed. Same thing. And uh, we went to Popeye's and we're just going to go in order and take out because we're allowed to do that because COVID, it won't spread from person to person if you just order and take out. But if I sit at a table, then it's going to affect everybody. Anyways, they didn't have a sign on the door that said, you know, you have to show your passports and stuff. And when we ordered, they didn't ask us. So my wife and I are looking around like, should we just sit down and eat? We're like, yep. <laughs> so we did. Uh, it's fun. Just sat down in a restaurant. Haven't done that for a while because, uh, you know, not allowed. It's a $100,000 fine if they uh, if they get caught with me in the restaurant there. And then, you know, if you, you go to the whole Charter of Rights and Freedoms in Canada, it's a direct violation. They're like, it can't stand. So I'm pushing it pushing it and I hope I could find some type of a law enforcement or somebody that has half of a pair of balls that can confront me, issue me a $100,000 fine 
and then we'll just go to court. It'd be great. <laughs> I was like, cool. Uh, this is what I was hoping for. So am I scared? Nope. Sorry. Can't, <laughs> can't scare me. <laughs> Fear monger somebody else because I'm not a retard. There's been a lot of COVID talk this episode, hasn't it, Todd? Yeah. I can change the subject real quick if you want. Do what? Do you want me to change the subject real quick? Sure. Okay. So I'm 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 gotta finish up a video, a knife build, and something I've wanted to do for a long time, but I've been yeah. scared. Scared. I saw that. Um, yeah. I've, I'm starting. My palms are starting to sweat. I'm jonesing. You know, I'm starting to have that itch of an addict. Yeah. So I, uh, I've always <laughs> wanted to build a knife without, like, just literally, just just make it from without a drawing, without a measurement. And I've got it heat treated. It's just tempering right now. The second temper cycle is going on as we speak. And um, so I, I took this thing, and I, I've never made a knife that has a hole for your ring, your pinky finger. And I've always wanted to do that. <laughs> Maybe the dumb way to do it is a knife when you're not measuring anything, but I start nope, out with not a piece. Dumb at all. I start out with a piece of O1 tool steel, and so no measuring whatsoever, nothing, and as little layout as possible. So the one thing I did for layout is I scratched my my center for my edge where I'm going to grind my edge to because I don't want a you know lopsided uh, knife. And then what else was the one thing I used for layout? I think that's it. That's all I did. Um, yeah, so I put Sharpie on the on the edge, and then I marked out my center line where I'm going to grind to, and everything else was eyeballed. And so I'm just cutting this thing out. Like, I drilled a hole. I, I take a piece of O1 tool steel. I, I, I estimate about, like, eight or nine inches long. Put a hole where I think it should be. I didn't even, like, measure my pinkies. I just kind of drilled out different sides. Ended up going, like, seven-eighths of an inch. I'm like, okay, that looks good. And then just started cutting <laughs> with no lines or anything. It's crazy, man. It was terrifying. Like just cutting this stuff. I'm like, I have no clue. And there's there's some parts of it I'm like, this is terrible. This is ugly. Like there's a few things that I'm like embarrassed of, but I'm also kind of like, you know what? That That's kind of what I was thinking would happen. So uh, I got to finish. I got to put the handle on it, like clean up the blade, put the handle on it. And then hopefully that video will come out tomorrow. But uh I thought it was kind of fun. It's going to be just real casual, like a vlog style video. But um, weird, man. Like, have you ever built anything that you've done a whole bunch before? Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I guess in, in woodworking, you can't because you have generally it's multiple pieces coming together. Right. Like if you're building something out of wood, usually it's going to be several parts. And so you can't just not measure. But when you got a knife, it's literally its own entity. Right. It's a single single object. I mean, the handle scale's got to go on, but I do that by putting them together and then and using one to reference the other. But yeah, I built a set of, uh, like, turned a set of stuff, like wooden bowls or cups or uh, plates, yes. yeah. platters. And if it's a set, they all have to match within, you know, yeah, a 30 second of an inch, whatever, right? And, I, and I'm a perfectionist, so that sucks even more uh and yeah i've done it and i did it for a client and have never done it again because it sucked i hate doing the same thing over and over yeah everything i do i want it to be a one-off mm -hmm. that's just my brain um, yeah mine too i'm just like that i totally get that 
Yeah. It was kind of fun. That's true. I guess wood turning is a lot. Like, there's probably a lot of things are like that, like uh, pottery, right? It's something you don't necessarily need to measure. The problem with that is you can't control, except to a very limited degree, what that clay is going to do in the kiln, you know? Yeah. Because it could whatever. Yeah. You know, I, I have a coffee cup I bought from a Swedish uh, pottery artist yep. up in New York. And uh, talk about a nasty woman smelling. <laughs> uh, she was very attractive, but she I don't think she's bathed her life. And, you know, ugh. a lot of European women stink. I mean, it was gross. And I'm yeah. like, cause you're like, hey, you know. Here's a cutie. Let me go see. Oh, jeez, man. Oh, where's the body at? God. Something's decomposing. I mean, it was that bad. And yeah. I'm not trying to be over dramatic. It was. I've smelled dead bodies. She smelled worse. And I don't. Ew. Anyway, um, she was talking about the cup I made. It's her own design, and she makes. Them out of identical clay, identical, you know, everything, and they all turn out different. Hmm. It's just the nature of, you know, clay, yeah. pottery, I guess. But You ever do any throwing, clay throwing? No, uh, except in school, like in art class. Okay. Uh, I find it incredibly fascinating, but, but it's three-dimensional drawing. That's the way my brain mm -hmm. um, looks at it. And since I can't draw to save my life, I can't make anything out of clay that looks good. Yeah. But turning it. But like I can take a drawing. log and make something out of it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's funny. Um, yeah, Steph got into Well, she was getting into it. She hasn't done it like all summer, but we got her a nice like pottery wheel, a shimpo. That's one of my favorite words. Well, you shimpo. can stand behind her and get all ghost. There you go. Yeah. But, uh, man... I took a pottery class once and it is difficult. Like it, it looks so easy, but it is one of these things that I don't know, man. I see people doing like, oh yeah, I can do that. And you put your hands on the clay and it's like, holy crap, this is there just is a terrible. An incredible amount of finesse involved. Yes. Because yes. you get right up to the end and then that thing just starts flapping around <laughs> and you ruin it and you're <laughs> like, oh, I just spent two days like, on that. Don't cry. It's when I take my fist and I just smash it. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, we even bought a kiln. Like, we bought a pottery kiln for Steph. We haven't turned it on yet, but it's pretty cool. You know, I, the one thing I don't get is that, you know, you know, knife makers, when we want to heat treat something and we need a recipe, it's in degrees, either Fahrenheit or Celsius. Either one works. But these pottery people, they have cones. Like, oh, I gotta fire that to seven cones. What? Oh, no, this is a five cone clay. What? <laughs> it's so stupid. And then you look it up and you can find a conversion. Like, four cones is equal to, I, I'm just picking numbers here. That's like 1800 to 1900 degrees Fahrenheit. Why don't you just say that? I guess, I guess the where that came from is that you, you can still buy actual cones. Like, this is a number four cone. And at that temperature is right when that thing melts. So back in the days before they had digital control in their their furnaces, they would put these cones in there. And then 
once the cone melted, they knew they were at the right temperature and they could say, okay, keep it at about that temperature. And uh, we bought a bunch of used, actually the lady we bought the kiln from, she's got like these small little boxes and they're actually like little cones. I don't know what they're made of, but this cone will melt at that temperature and then that that's how you know you're hot enough. And then you don't want to go, because you go too hot, you can dry it out too much depending on the type of clay and blah, blah, blah. There's all these parameters, but I still think they should just be like this many degrees Fahrenheit. Mind you, I guess you couldn't because this, this kiln we have isn't digitally controlled. It's just like a, it's a dial. So you increase the temperature and decrease it. So I guess you do need to actually put a cone in there and see when it melts and then maintain that. But weird. Uh, speaking of uh, skilled work and then right to unskilled work, it's starting to get busy with Etsy making signs. My shop is being taken over. It's being turned into a wood shop sort of now. Christmas is coming, Todd. Yeah, Christmas is coming. Yeah. Um, I used to love Christmas. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did. I loved it. Um, I'd I'd have two Christmases a year. I'd have uh, like Christmas in July. Yeah. Um, I love it, but you know, people they <laughs> suck the fun out of it for me. Yeah. And not having kids kind of at this age kind of makes it all worse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll get that. But, you know. Yeah. I have to find one of my nieces or nephews that want to stand in as like, Pseudo-adopted kids. and Yeah. <laughs> All the presents you can handle. Well, no, I mean, I don't have kids, and I have stuff. So, you know, if one of my nieces or nephews were smart, they'd be like, hey, he doesn't have me leave anything, too. So yeah. let me, you know, suck up to Uncle Todd and yeah. that. But, yeah. Yeah, not so much. That's funny. That's crazy. Yeah, no, we're, uh, it's so weird because... You know, like Steph said, if you could ever figure out Etsy, it'd be amazing. But there, there's no rhyme or reason to the sales. You know, and she's got all the data from the whole time she's been selling. And I'd be like, oh, I'm not, you know, I haven't gotten any sales for three days. And it's like, you look back last year at this time, we're getting like six sales a day. And it's so weird. And so you go down this path, she's like, I don't think we're going to be busy this Christmas. I'm like, I kind of hope we're not. <laughs> like... I could make some more knives, you know, not not that knives pay as well, but um, it's also like, like last year was just unreal. When I think back to it and I, you know, this one day this week, I processed a bunch of boards and that gets us through the week. And, uh, you know, I had my planer set up, my drum sander. And basically I, I take an hour and I convert my entire garage, get the vehicle out of there and it becomes a wood shop, you know? And uh, I was looking at, I was like, I remember last year, doing this like from six in the morning until 11 at night one day. And I'm like, Oh, I don't want that. And so I was kind of excited. Like, well, maybe it won't be as busy, but now like the last week or so it's like, Oh, we're mad. Like our sales day per day are matching. And usually right after Halloween, it just starts to skyrocket. It's like, pow, pow, you know, (sighs) like last October, I think she had like 300 sales. And then November, 
was 1,700 sales. I was like, oh, boy. So it's coming, and I'm not overly excited about it, but uh, it's it's nice to have a lot of work. I mean, <laughs> it's one of these things where it's 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 like a thing. Where like the more you do and the faster you do it, the more money you make, you know? It's piecework. So <laughs> if you yeah. come up with a system and you can pump out more widgets, you're going to make more money. So that part of it, I'm like, yes, it's nice to have a good old <laughs> cha-ching, you know, but... Oh, it's physically exhausting. But. Well, uh, I debated on whether to say anything on the show, but eh, I got some bad news. What's that? Um, I think uh, this might be our last episode. What is that? No, I'm just kidding. My uh, last week when I was getting ready to leave for North Carolina, yeah, uh, we dropped Benny off at the in-laws, uh-huh. and they have a little dog. Um, Domino, one of those little teddy bear dogs uh, that's all the rage right now. Yeah. And I love the little guy. And he, you know, standing up on my on his hind legs with his front paws on my knees. And I just bent over to pat him. Back went out in a horrible way. Next thing I know, I'm on the floor looking up at the ceiling. No. And uh, the whole trip, I was just in agonizing pain had to go buy a cane because i left mine here because my back was you know in a good way like yeah. it has been since july yeah. yeah not anymore oh no uh couldn't drive more than uh three or four hours uh, but it, it works out for danette and i because we like to split it up oh, okay um, yeah. she likes to drive and i like to drive so you know hmm. that's um, too bad so i drove for four hours and then she drove and i slept the rest of the way tried to get hide from the pain you know yeah yeah use that sleep time machine and uh but and then on the way back i i think i don't think i could drive more than three hours oh wow and uh yeah so so you're still hurting and this morning it was a little better you know i could walk get coffee and you know walk around standing upright and not hunched over like a 150 year old and mm-hmm. about Two minutes ago, I went to adjust in the chair, you know, like you'd, you'd rock side to side to adjust in a mm-hmm. chair. Yeah. And went out again. Oh, no. But no, that that might be a good thing. Because when it goes out, it I, I have this horrendous pop and pain. But when it goes back in, same thing. Huh. But the difference is the pain subsides when it goes back in. So yeah, yeah. I'm hoping that's what it was. Huh. Yeah, me too. That's that sucks. That's too bad. I mean, it having a bad back is the worst thing in the world. I don't care what anybody says. Um, and my, one, I have a relative that admitted on this trip. You know, I've had a bad back since nineteen ninety two, ninety three, um, and I mean a bad one. I've had numerous surgeries, innumerable procedures. Um, the longest I've been able to not have back pain is four years out of 30. So oh, wow. just saying. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but I had this relative say, you know, I always thought, you, you know, you were kind of a wuss or faking it till my back went out. Hmm. Because you just don't know what you use your back for. Everything. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Your spine supports you in everything you do. Mm-hmm. Literally. Yeah. So just saying. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a big deal, isn't it? Like I, I feel when it's so bad when the when the, your back is out. So bad, your spinal column is swollen to the point where you can't go pee. Wow, that's bad. You yeah. Know? So, huh? Anyway, yeah, you got to look after it, hey. And again, I was trying to pet a dog. My back has never went out except the very first time from hard work. Yeah. And then it wasn't from like one instance of lifting. It was a 12 hour shift of the most of the hardest work I've ever done in my life. Yeah. Cause we had a thing to do on the airplanes. It was an emergency. You have only have 24 hours to do it. And we only had a limited number of people that could come to work over a weekend. Right. Yeah. So we had to do it and we did it. And when it was all over, I did, I no longer had a spine nah, basically. Crazy. And, yeah. uh, uh, yeah. And then four years later, uh, I spent 91 days unable to walk. Wow. Uh, that's crazy. And three years later, it was almost six months. I couldn't walk. Uh, wow. And I don't mean, Oh, it's a struggle. I have to use, no, I can't walk, you know, at all. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. I've lived in a chair for, you know, weeks at a time. Hmm. But anyway, um, the last thing I want anybody to do is feel sorry for me. I just, um, I try to keep a positive attitude. You know, I've been, I, I've always been a, you know, a gun guy, a collector. And the reason I became a gunsmith was I couldn't do other things. Yeah. And I always, I still like to work with my hands so I can be a gunsmith on a stool. That makes you know, sense. So, yeah, that's why I did that. And uh, I even working on motorcycles, I got my cert in motorcycle mechanic because I can do that literally on a stool. Yeah. Or on a little creeper. You know, I don't have to. It's not like a diesel mechanic. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's uh, crazy. Takeaway. For younger people or people that uh, have a good back, look out for it. You know, I, I feel I got off lucky because I remember when I was young and just starting work, like I wasn't even registered as an apprentice yet, like maybe 16, 17 years old. Because uh, my dad owned the company I worked for, I always felt like I had to prove myself. And I became known as the guy who could carry and lift more than anybody else. And I wasn't big. <laughs> like, I, it might have been like 160, 170 pounds. But man, I would, they'd have these big gearboxes. They're going to mount up. And usually they'd take a forklift and sling it and do it. I was like, oh no, I'll put it there. And I would just, and I made it a point. I was like going out places and looking for things to do. And then at the, at the same time, I'd moved out of my parents' house uh, several reasons. Uh, I was 17 when I left home for good, and uh, that was the second time. The first time I was 16, I ran out of money, so I had to come back home. <laughs> but uh, I didn't have money the second time for a bed, so I just slept on the couch that a friend's parents gave me. And I remember one time, like I had this humidifier in, in this basement I was renting because it was so dry, 
And I remember one time I tried to lean down to fill it up, to grab the little container to fill up with water. Everything was on the ground because I didn't have any furniture. And I couldn't get back up. And I was like, oh, my word. And it was bad. Like, just I just laid on the floor for a while. My back hurt so bad. And I, I think it was a combination of sleeping on a couch and being an idiot. And then, uh, so Steph, like, we were dating at the time. And she's like, you need to get a mattress. So I actually went and I went, went to sleep country. And I, I financed a mattress because I didn't have money to, to buy a mattress. I'm like, I used to, like make fun of people that finance a mattress and here I am doing it because I've got no money to my name but yeah you gotta look after your back and then after that I took it real serious I was like okay this is bad like I, I don't know what that was I didn't go to a doctor I you know I don't know anything about the back really um but I was like something I'm doing is not good and so ever since then I was like you know what I'm gonna use a forklift and sling things I'm not gonna prove that I can carry I've already proven that you know nobody can lift what I can lift Let's just not be stupid anymore, you know, and it's, it's crazy. You know, you, you do things like that and, it, and you think you're young, you're invincible. And I, I always think, what if I kept doing that just for like another year? You know, it, it's, I don't know. It's crazy. And ever since then, like ever since I got that mattress, I've never had a stitch of a back problem. Like I don't get a sore back. Um, I can be doing like, like grinding, say if I'm grinding knives all day long and I'm kind of leaned over the, the belt grinder. I don't get sore back. Like, I, I don't know. I feel very fortunate that way, but it sounds brutal. So maybe we'll end the podcast saying, look after yourself, work healthy, work safe, work smart. Even though the podcast had nothing to do with any of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No, I, 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 the whole time I was driving Friday, I was like, oh, I missed it. I wish I was recording. Yeah, I know. I know it was weird. It's like, oh. But I am going to have to get a new computer, uh, a new laptop. um, Why is that? So I can, because I'm going to be traveling again, probably more than I have. And I still want to record. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to go mobile. There you go. So I'm going to have to get a good, a good laptop, probably a, uh macbook pro or something yeah the new ones with the and, m1 uh, chip are dynamite and so i can take my mic my roadcaster and go mm-hmm. yeah and headphones but yeah you get my point yeah you know what would be cool is that i i've heard i used to listen to a squadcast podcast put on by squadcast and then i stopped doing it once i found out how woo woo they are but um they're talking and they just kind of talk about their tech and what they're developing and stuff and they're saying that they're hoping within the next couple of years that they'll have a stable platform for uh ios devices which would be cool like if you could plug your roadcaster into your iphone and do a podcast that'd be kind of cool i guess the roadcaster kind of takes that all away (laughs) because it's just too big but man, if you could get like a decent, like our nice microphones, if you could plug that into your, can you imagine that? You just, if they had a little interface where we could still use this big, beautiful Sure SMs. No, what, what is this one? What do we have? Yeah, we, we got the SM7B, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, if you could get that plugged into your phone and then some headphones and like just record a podcast like that with this beautiful, rich audio that we we produce every week, that'd be sweet. It's one thing I say. I say we do a good job. We got good because uh, because you bought good stuff and I bought good stuff. Our audio sounds good. <laughs> we may not have good topics or know what we're talking about half the time, but man, is it ever clear? <laughs> Holy crap! Did you hate those podcasts that are just? I've like, only picked the size and the chip. That's all I've done. Yeah. The size of the screen and the chip, and I'm already at thirty five hundred dollars. Yeah, because that's the M1 chip, right? Holy smokes. Yeah. Um, and if you want any memory at all, any storage at all, you I'm going to be at like seven grand for a laptop. No, no. You can get eight terabytes on that thing. So that, that like the 16-inch M1. Yeah, that's for $2,200. Yeah, the eight terabytes, man. That's that's crazy. It's uh, cool. So I bought like my MacBook Pro. I don't know, like two years ago, maybe a year and a half ago. Um, and then was it this spring? We bought Steph that one there, the Mac Pro with the M1 chip. And I'm like, ah, bloody. The new ones, though, they brought back all the slots. So I don't know why. They're, they're kind of stupid. Like, I don't have a, an SD card slot on my computer. I have to have that little dongle, right? And then, yeah, they brought back all those slots and stuff. So it's it's weird, but. That that new one is unreal, man. Like it is, you could six thousand three hundred ninety eight dollars and ninety nine cent. Yeah, buy two. Just buy no. two. Uh, just to, how about just none? <laughs> that would just hurt your your knife and gun budget too much, hey? <laughs> uh, it's not that. Yeah, it's expensive. You know, there's some principle involved here. Yeah. What about, can you get less, less, like, do they sell them without that M1 chip? Cause I know that's like the latest and greatest and that's where probably a lot of the money comes from. Mind you, none of them are cheap. Never mind. They're not cheap. I think, I think I paid four grand for my laptop. I will say this though. I have the very first MacBook Pro that I ever purchased and it still works. And what was that 15 years ago? Yeah. The they, they really ruined me with that. And I think the reason I'm not willing to spend that money, honestly, is what they did with my MacBook Air. What's that? They just arbitrarily decided we're not going to support it anymore. Yes. At all. Yeah. Yeah, they do that. And they, they even have it like in the Suck. fine print. Yeah. The fine print, they'll be like, we'll support this for four years or whatever. It's like, oh, that's, that's throwaway. You know, we should sick Greta Thunberg on them and be like, hey, you know what? Why don't why don't we get a, a computer that you can still update? Because the hardware is going to handle it. It might be slow. Yes, I understand that this computer's ten years old, but it's a computer, and you should be able to continue to use it if it's not broken or overheating or whatever. You know, but it's crazy. I have an old iPhone. I think it's an iPhone. I want to say three. Uh really liked that phone probably was seduced with a newer bigger screen and blah 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 and anyways i went to turn it on and sometimes you get these warnings that's like please wait for this many days or something like it's a weird warning i get a warning when i turn this iphone it's like this phone this device is not supported 
please wait for and it'll it'll actually say like a number that'll be like 490 million 700 some thousand like multi like hundreds of millions of days it comes up says please wait for this many days <laughs> I'm like, what? I took it to an Apple store. I said, what's this? And they're like, I've never seen it. And they're passing it around. They're like, I have never seen this before. And so I just turn it off every now and then. I'll turn it on to see. And it, nope, still, I, it's it's making me wait for several hundred million days, I guess. I'm just waiting. That's all I'm doing. So got a reason reason to live a long life now. <laughs> but, yeah, no, that's... Uh, the other thing is you can buy like used ones from Apple, right? Like you buy a laptop that's a year or two old that's been completely serviced and they have the full warranty and all that stuff. And they're that way you pay the prices of what they were two years ago when it's not like the latest woo-woo technology that everybody's willing to pay for and or not. Would Would you like to hear... Short story of why I will never buy a used phone or computer. Yes, yes. Well, a um, long time ago in a land far, far away, uh, I was on a defense team that had to defend a guy because, again, you're given a client. You don't pick them in the military. And he bought a used computer from a manufacturer, you know, one of their trade-ins. And he got it, and he started using it. And then the uh, Child Pornography Task Force uh, tracks down his IP address because, unbeknownst to him, he was in possession of child pornography on a used computer in a hidden folder. That's crazy. Now, he can prove the day he bought it, all of the, you know, digital signature information for that folder and all of its content show it was put there prior to him buying the computer and he never accessed it but the law says you're in possession yeah and he went to jail really yes he did wow that's crazy well because you know that's when i knew that one the law sucks and because what should have happened is once he proved it wasn't mine and I never accessed it, the cops just deleted it or took his computer, and that was the end of it. Yeah. That's what should have happened. Yeah. But that's not what happened. That's crazy. That's insane, hey? And he went to jail for one year and one day, so it's a felony. Yeah. That's what that one day is for. Wow. Ruin his entire life. That's crazy. Should have just ponied up the money and bought a, bought a brand new one. That's and I was like, not... well, that's what you get for buying not just a gateway, but a used one. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Because Apple yeah, running Somebody this asked new me the other day, man, whatever happened to Gateway? I went, that's a long story, but hmm. Bill Gates is the short answer. Yeah. Yeah. Man who, uh, man who's, who believes in that that we need to uh, control the population of the world, and then owns more cropland than any person, and the railways to distribute food, and wants everyone to get vaccinated. Cool. 
Well, I believe <laughs> we should control the the population of the planet and enforce them to listen to uh, Can-Am Soup. Mm-hmm. Subscribe, comment, like, and then everything would be copacetic. That's, that's right. That's utopia. All um, <laughs> protest in, in front of Spotify and tell them that we need a, a hundred million dollar contract and a you know a time slot opposite Rogan. So that's right. That's right. Not opposite Rogan, but adjacent to. Yeah, right beside him. Prime time, you know, prime time podcast time. And, you know, I'm going to say props to Joe Rogan for what he did to CNN and Sanjay Gupta. Yeah, that was good. Props to him. Yeah. And this is how stupid um, Gupta is. He suspected it was going to happen. Rogan's people told him ahead of time, these are things, topics I'm likely to talk about. If my, you know, weed-infested mind can, you know, not look at shiny stuff <laughs> yeah, and be distracted the whole show. Yeah. Um, you know, so he knew going in he was going to get ambushed. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I can play mental chess with Rogue. No, you can't. Yeah. Not many people can. No. And you know what? You know I. Like all the major corporations hate him because he can't be controlled. Like he's untamed. You can't control him. You can't be like, oh, we're going to shut your contract off. Good. Shut it off. I don't care. My audience is bigger than your audience and I don't need your money. Right? Like he's truly, uh, he can be sovereign because you can't cancel him. You know what I mean? Like one of the, uh, I don't know if it's little known or well known or, Unknown or whatever. But when the cancel culture that's still going on, they're trying to get him off of Spotify, the reason it's not going to work is called a contract. Yeah, yeah. If they cancel him for anything other than what's in his contract, they have to pay it out. Mm-hmm. Have to. Yeah. So in order to get their money back on that through advertising and listening dollar because of the size of his audience that ain't going away for nothing. Yeah. They don't care what you think. Exactly. Okay. We have a thousand people in Spotify that are threatening to walk out. Bye. Yeah. We've Mm. got a thousand more to put in those chairs tomorrow. Exactly. And you know what it boils down to all of it? The almighty dollar. So you can be, uh, the most virtuous signaling cancel culturing, uh, green, peace, vegan, everything on earth you want. Money. Money, money, well, money. <laughs> you can hate Joe Rogan. He could be Satan himself. But if he brings in a lot of money, he's not going anywhere. Nope. <laughs> Virtue signal that. <laughs> you and know? what uh, companies are figuring out is the people that are part of cancel culture are such a minuscule uh, part of their income revenue, depending on certain companies, you know, like Starbucks is, they're going to be a larger part. Um, you know, crappy companies like Starbucks, they're going to be a part, you know, yeah. but the vast majority of people, one don't care or two, they they're for Rogan and people like that. Mm-hmm. Um, like I am, I'm absolutely not a fan of Dave Chappelle, but it has nothing to do with, 
his comedy, right? Mm-hmm. It has to, you know, and I believe he has a right to do it. Mm-hmm. And there ain't nothing I can say about it. You know, do I have anything wrong with jokes? Nope. Not at all. I believe if more people um, had humor in their life and understood what humor is for, we'd have less morons on Ritalin and crap oh, like that. 100%. 100%. Um, because there's two things in my life that helped me through hard, hard psychological times, humor and music, Mm -hmm. you know, other than family, religion and that, you know, yeah. but instead of taking drugs or going to a shrink music and comedy. Yeah. When I found out my first wife was cheating on me and I divorced her, it just devastated me. That's when I got into comedy and did tried stand up when I was, young and over in Europe, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it saved me. It saved me from alcoholism, from whoring around, you know, things like that. Yeah. You know, I, I went two years without a date and I don't care. It didn't bother me at all because yeah. I wasn't out there, you know, becoming morally bankrupt. Mm-hmm. And I had a friend during that time who was an alcoholic and did whore around. And he regrets it every minute of every day now. Yeah. Because he can't enjoy uh, certain parts of his married life mm-hmm. and his older age because of what he did back then. Yeah. And his doctor drew a bright, direct line between his misspent youth to his medical condition now. Yeah. No, 100%. You know, people don't think down the road. They don't think consequences. And it's just like, yeah. I have. uh, And he has to look at his wife every day now. Every day. And know he killed her. hmm. So just, you know, throwing that out there, people. Um, And I I can't imagine a worse feeling. Yeah. I, I think I might just put a shotgun in my mouth if I if I did that. Yeah. But cuz there's nothing no part of me that's more important than my wife. So Yeah. Yeah. Uh and anything good about Todd is Danette, you know. You know, mm-hmm. it's rubbed off of her. So uh Yeah. Whether that's true or not, that's how I feel and that's how I'm going to live my life. Mm-hmm. So I there. Yeah. There you. I have an expression um, I use all the time. Here's my, go ahead. Uh, the funny Trump saw. Like I always say that at work and like, like I'll say something that's maybe a little off color, but everybody's laughing. I'm like, see, funny Trump saw. You're allowed to say anything you want as long as it's funny. I'll make fun of somebody and then everybody's laughing. It's like, well, yeah, it was mean for me to do that, but funny Trump saw. I know that's not necessarily the right outlook. But, it does. Um, yeah. And I, I'll tell you what, um, a comedian way back in the day, he's dead now. He saw this coming. He said, humor is the best part of life and the worst part of life. Depends on which side of the joke you're on. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And there are people that use jokes as a weapon and it's called, you know, bullying in air quotes. Uh, Well, you've tried to fat shame somebody or whatever. Um, 
He said it's the difference between laughing near someone and at someone. Yeah. And I've always understood that because um, we do it. You know, our, our friend stubs their toe or accidentally <laughs> stabs himself in the hand because they're doing something <laughs> stupid. You're laughing your butt off, but you're not laughing at them. You're laughing near them. Yeah. With well, you know, yeah, yeah. we get that. So <laughs> yeah. it's the people who don't get it that ruin it. Yeah. On both sides of the argument. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those were one of my coworkers. He's actually my boss at the time. We were working a crazy late shift in San Antonio, Texas. I think we're on like 20 hours, 21 hours straight work. And uh, he had a big corded half-inch drill. I think I told this story. Anyways, drilling this hole, the way he had it was near his face. The handle came around and knocked his two front teeth out. And sleep deprivation, exhaustion. He's like, those were important teeth too. And I started laughing so hard. And I was like, Ian, all your teeth are important teeth, you know, but same thing. I was laughing so hard at him or with him near him, I guess, because he wasn't, he wasn't laughing. But, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he would now if I told him that story, but like, yeah, that was pretty funny. <sighs> um, we were, um, we had a, on the plane I worked on in the military, it was a refueling airplane. So it carried fuel to give to other airplanes in midair. And on the back of that plane, is a boom, and that's the gas nozzle, basically. Nozzle on the end. You have these big extendable tube inside, and there's a rubber bladder inside that. It was leaking, and it's really difficult to change. Uh, and it's in, in the best of times, if you can get the airplane in the hangar and use all the right tools, it's difficult, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if you have to do it out on the ramp and you don't have all the right tools, it's horrible. Yeah. Well, had a really good friend of mine that blew out a testicle trying because he was, you know, putting so much strain pulling, right? <laughs> he literally blew out a testicle and had to have it removed. And uh, it blew up the size of a basketball. We're rushing him to the hospital at four the next morning, right? Because he woke up and he's like, ah! and, uh, you know. And he's screaming, and we hear him. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. We're rushing him to the hospital, and we're just laughing, (laughs) making horrible jokes. And, you know, from then on, he was one nut Andy, you know, lefty, you know, whatever. Half of a man. (laughs) And and you know who was making the best jokes the whole way to the hospital? Probably him. Yeah. You know? Uh, Funny. (laughs) It was hilarious. That's funny. <laughs> Good stuff. Ooh. You know, uh, <laughs> anyway, oh, I can't share ha- any of those jokes no. on our podcast. But, yeah, gotta keep it family uh, friendly. <laughs> uh, all right, for this week's famous Todd left turn segue, um, I'm still considering buying a truck. Mm-hmm. Now I'm. I've gotten myself into one of those quandaries where you wait too long and now you're like, I don't know which one to buy. Mm-hmm. So I'm back at the, the, the original argument. You know, you go, oh, which truck should I buy? And you do all the research, you decide on one, then you wait too long and you're like, Ugh, which one should I buy now? Mm-hmm. Um, so just throwing it out there. I know we don't get any feedback from our audience most times, but, uh, and for you, you know. Are John, you looking what, uh, new? What truck should I buy? Uh, Toyota. And I'm looking at a like a 
three quarter ton, one ton. Well, you know, like a GMC twenty five hundred mm-hmm. or an F two fifty size truck. Yeah. Can you buy those there right now? I can. Yeah, I'd have hard. to wait, but yes, I can. Yeah. One, I'm going to order it because the trim level I want, they build it with a uh, – sorry, uh, Squadcast was uh, distracting me with a your connection sucks uh, – yeah, so I, I hid your incoming video, and it said it would be better. Okay. Uh, anyway, um, so I can order one. Oh, yeah, yeah, trim level I want. What The truck I decided on was a GMC Sierra 2500, uh, a particular trim level, but all of those trim levels come from the factory with a sunroof or moonroof. Or both, and I don't want it. I've you never know? had one that didn't leak. So, oh, particularly a GMC sunroofs. one, you know. Huh. So, I love I, I want to order that without a. Uh, That's sunroof. funny. That's funny. I love sunroofs. I uh, so our our new SUV we got. We've got two of them, right? So we got the one over the driver and passenger that opens, and then we got a big one in the back. And I'm like, I don't know if I'll ever buy a car. Well, I mean, I mostly just buy used cars, but I love sunroofs. Love them. You know, the you, that's that Buick, right? Yeah. And I had a GMC Acadia for a while, which is the GMC version of what you you have. Yeah. And it was the first year model, and that thing, the sunroof in that thing leaked. Really? Uh, and they couldn't st- stop it from leaking. Huh. In fact... We were up in Maine, and I was, the day I was going to get my tattoo on my right calf, the everything electrical in the car just shut off, and it was a in a torrential downpour. Yeah. I'm like really, and then suddenly it just turned all back on. I'm like, okay, this is crazy. That's wild. Uh, and the, it's the way GM designed the drain tube, right? Mm. They put it in wrong. Oh really? And there's a fix for it. But GM won't do it. It's, you have to do it aftermarket. And to do it, you have to take the whole thing apart. Oh, wow. Anyway. <clears throat> huh. Anyway. Because to get to the drain, you have to take the headliner out. Take the headliner out because of the wiring harness. The whole dash has to come. It's crazy. Huh. Um, so I was going to sell the vehicle, and then my uh, brother-in-law wanted it. Uh, and he bought it from me, and... Even though I told him, yeah, don't buy it. He's like, oh, I want it. And uh, and he needed a good vehicle, cheap. So we took a little loss on it. Anyway. Yeah. And then a couple of years later, he passed away, and we're still sad. But I say that only because that is um, horrible, and I'm getting another Squadcast warning. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I didn't hear what you said. About your internet. Uh, anyway. Oh. Well, I guess we could wrap it up then. I wonder I wonder if it's because I think my kids might be starting their online school, so maybe we're being taxed. <gasps> I don't know for sure. They have class. Yeah, we can't interrupt that. Yeah. Well, it's just school. <laughs> so that's my view. <laughs> Anyways, thanks, Todd. It's great having a podcast with you again. I'm glad we could do it. 
Absolutely. I love this thing. Yeah, me too. And thank you everyone for listening and, uh, you know, putting up with our hoo-ha. Hopefully you're inspired to be a, uh, a disobedient citizen <laughs> or nothing really just past time. This is a solid two hour podcast, two hour and seven minutes is what I'm showing here. You don't have to be a wolf. You don't have to be a sheepdog, but you don't have to be a sheeple. That's right. Exactly. Right on. We'll catch you all in the next one. All right, sleepyhead. See you next week. Bye.